Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the right time. A Wave Sports and Entertainment original presented by Prize Picks. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Also, thanks for watching us on YouTube. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Not much, man. I was looking forward to like having some more downtime after football season is over. I, I, I'm more tired than I was back then. I need to go to sleep and it's stressful. <laughs> the combine always gives me stress, even though I don't have to go anymore. I remember how stressed I was back then. So I don't know. I need this Fox Earth Friday to be fun. Yeah, I was curious if you was going to go up there to the combine. Yeah, I thought about it, but then I chose not to. I mean, the only point to go to the combine, I think, at this point for for me would be like relationships and like networking. And what I learned, and I've never been great at networking. Like I was foolish enough to think like you just do the work and that matters, which it does matter. But networking, as you'll learn, uh, youngsters and old people who listen to this who already know, that's really the key. <laughs> it's yeah. like knowing the right people is is the real key and. I've never been all that good at it. And I realized that Super Bowl, it's the network, the best networking happens at the parties. And I ain't I ain't got it to be up with all these funky football people <laughs> drunk in Indianapolis. Like, leave me alone. I need to be home. You know why I'm not good at networking? Because I don't be paying enough attention to who people are. Yeah. <laughs> like I just I just be I just be places. I don't know who nobody is, right? I like right. I had something come up. Like I'm famous for this. I was like, who is this person I was just talking to? Oh, how many movies did you say she's been in? I don't know who nobody is. Like, when I worked at ESPN, I know names. I don't know what none of them people do. Just every now and then, it's somebody I was supposed to know for a little while. Maybe they still had some clout. Maybe they didn't. I had no idea, man. I'd be up there in Bristol in the office talking crazy, and it'd be like, who was that? Oh, the head of the talent office? Wow. I wish I had known that before I was doing all that flagrant cursing. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that's that's fine. Like you, as long as you are like genuine with people. I think my issue with networking and and probably with most of relationships, except for like the past ten to fifteen years of my life, was I'm not time for that shit. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I'm not. I don't really want to talk to you. And it's like it, it comes across as mean, but I, I think I've got better at that. But you don't have that. The fact that you don't know who the person is probably makes it a little bit better. It feels like more genuine because we can all sense when somebody is angling for something. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, but I'm still oh, not I know that. who he is. Yeah, like you, you, you can sense when somebody's angling for something, but I don't have a great sense of when I'm talking to somebody that I should be angling toward, right? <laughs> like, right. like it's just, I mean, here's the problem, man. Any old white man in front of you go act like they run this thing. I don't know how That's to tell fair. if you actually do. But my point is, they could probably tell if you was angling for something, and people probably appreciate a more genuine Fair. experience. Fair. They're like, that that dude, Bomani, he real. Fair. And he didn't come up to me knowing that I was the head of this, head of that, and, and try to tell me how nice my suit was. Fair. Fair. Yeah, because I ain't doing none of that. You're absolutely correct. You, you, you get, you're getting zero of that from me. But we want to tell the people something right fast as we get this here show going. It's a very important thing for people to understand is, um, I am one of these people that like resist the whole NFL draft economy, right? I'm not going to be getting in here with draft breakdowns all the way up into the draft. I hate the fact that they have the first round of that draft on Thursdays because we can't tape our Foxworth Friday early on yeah. Thursdays, nor we normally do. We'd be up in this motherfucker late on Thursday all because <laughs> they had a meeting. Right. Like all this. There's no reason they couldn't do this earlier in the afternoon, except that we stupid enough to watch it on television. Right. I resist that. I push back. Brother. I've been putting together shows all week. Dominique, you've been doing the same thing. And mm -hmm. this right here is how the draft turned into a thing, because <laughs> I don't know what else I'm supposed to be doing and talking about. Me and the homie Trey was on Wednesday. 
man, we were scraping the ball trying to come up with stuff. Like, thank goodness Dane started complaining about Milwaukee. We punched down for a good 20 minutes. And if we hadn't, I don't know how we was going to put a thing together. This is how, uh, I mean, this is one of the drawbacks of the NFL becoming so powerful. And I guess it's also to blame some of the other sports and falling back is people want football talk. And we know that people want football talk. The numbers suggest that. But ain't no football to talk about. So, like, I'm going to get up a couple of days ago and we are, we over there just like, dissecting every word of random general managers quote and try to make a conversation out of it and i'm thinking when we're doing a pre-show meeting i I did it twice last week the first time monica was on the show monica mcnutt who does basketball um and there was another basketball person on the show we in the middle of the week it's all football people i'm the pre-show meeting it's just me and my brethren i'm like y'all know the nba is happening right now we did a full two-hour show about gm quotes yeah, they tried. They tried. Like, the homie takeoff, rest in peace. Went back to Ratchet because that cute shit wasn't working. That's how it feels sometimes. <laughs> like, you try, to, you try to, we try to get over here and talk about these hoops. That cute shit wasn't working. We got Ugh. to go back and start dropping it again. We got to, we got to set butter. that ass out for the people. That's what they love. This is like an Ice Spice show, dog. We out here trying to rap. They ain't trying to hear it. You just got to turn around and let them see it. Woo! <laughs> you want to see a little football? I give you a little football. I shake a little football for you. I pop, I pop a little pigskin. Oh my goodness! Like you got to be really good at rapping right now to be yeah. better than the booty. Like the booty is out here. That's that's what that's what this combine is, right? The combine is the booty, apparently. Because to me, the thing with the combine is there's stuff to talk about with the combine. To me, local. Right. So like if you know your team needs an edge rusher in the first round, you can get in there and talk about all that stuff. But like as a national topic, the combine just a little unwieldy. I like talking about the combine with guys like you just for the standpoint of going. I have never gone, but it seems to me and I could be wrong here. Cats be looking forward to the combine every year. And if that don't sound like a motherfucking sausage party, I don't know what I mean like that. That there's never been a time in my life that it being that many dudes was ever a good idea. (laughs) that's a fair point a lot of bad decisions are made and every year at the combine because of that and yeah i don't see it as i think we you have a good time with your with your guy friends but especially at certain point if you go to a party or something it's just weird so i think it just turns into like teenage hangouts and the, the one time I went when I participated, obviously I wasn't involved in that. I went after that um, when I was president of the union, but wasn't still a, wasn't still an active player. And it was like really cool to see people that you knew and that you remembered you hadn't seen in a while, dap them up, whatever, have a drink with them. And then it was good. I didn't drink back then, so I would go home. It was no big deal. I wasn't up for all the foolishness afterwards, but I can guarantee that some nonsense is going down because we don't tend to make a... Uh, a bunch of good decisions when we all are together as but men. There's not enough like that. That 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 that's it's a rule full of uncut dopes. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> like they need something to cut them dopes because all yeah. it is otherwise is just a bunch of dopes. Like I can I can see. I imagine this also back in the day. Like maybe it's a little different now because these things ain't as hard to come by as they used to be or whatever. But there was a dude back in the day at the combine. Who knows what it is? Who it was? But that dude. The dude that got it, right? Like somebody just like, yo, man, who got the weed, man? And they know it's the one dude who got it. And they be mad as hell when he show up and be like, oh, man, I thought y'all had it. What? And now you just got a bunch of dudes stomping around Indianapolis trying to go buy a bag of huff. It looked like a bag of Brussels sprouts. But they go find it one way or another. They try it. They try it. And once they get it, they don't even care what it is. That ain't a problem no more, though, right? I mean, I don't That's know. I ain't been now, there maybe not. Yeah, yeah. But I bet you there was a point, though, where it was like one dude but wind up being the one who had it. But the problem was he going to be there a whole week. And so everybody trying to find him. People think I'm crazy when I say that, like, the – so when I say, like, I went to Super Bowl, I'm talking about the week of. I've been to a few games, but when you say, like, that was a good Super Bowl, you're talking about the whole week. And people think I'm crazy when I say that Indianapolis is one of the best Super Bowls that I've been to. And we got lucky with the weather. And it's a convention town. If you've ever been there, they got tunnels to get you to everything. It's connected to a mall and all the, you don't have to, you get in, you you land, you get in a car, then you go to downtown Indianapolis 
and then you don't have to get in the car ever again. I feel like that's really the determining factor for me is how good my Super Bowl experience is. Is Do I got to do a whole bunch of driving? And, ah, man, I liked Indy more than I like Miami. I know that sounds stupid, but the I Super Bowl in Indy was better than the Super Bowl in Look, Miami. Miami. Miami come with a lot, right? Like yeah. all of us. Well, I can't say all of us, but those of us who have dated a very attractive woman at some point, sometimes you understand it comes with things, right? It's not necessarily... <laughs> Like when cats be looking up and they see somebody has been in an untoward situation with a very attractive woman, they're like, man, I would never do that if I was with such and such. That's how I know you ain't never like you. you, you your ambitions is low. I know your ambition is low because you ain't never had to test some of these hypothetical theories <laughs> out before. You know what I'm saying? Like those it's of us, real those, easy. It's real easy to be an absolutist, absolutist yes. when you're, yeah, like I'm a pacifist, but you ain't never been president. It's a whole yeah. different thing when it comes to the situation. You got to make yeah. these decisions. Yeah. Those of us who have pushed ourselves to the limit have understood. Nah, man. <laughs> nah, man. And there could be a lot of things that are going on here. You're, you all got no idea what you ain't got no idea what that man be going through. You, know, you have no clue. You know how- you know how I know they lying? It's those are the same people that are fans of teams. When a guy get arrested, they be like, I mean, yes. it ain't that bad. Yes, three-game suspension. I'm okay with a three-game suspension. Yeah, you guys will compromise, too, if it yes. looked good. Yes, yes. And that's the thing about Miami. Miami looks great, yeah. right? And oh. there's the charms that come with it. But it's not always the easiest to deal with, not always the most convenient. It comes with, comes with things, right? Comes with comes with drama, um as it relates like I, I i see what you're saying did you see the thing where the nba and i was talking to somebody about this and apparently these things aren't new but they're all-star city requirements yeah i saw that i didn't know that they they had them before but it's just they're just trying to find a way that they don't have to say no to these well, small market teams that want it so apparently those those have been in place somebody was telling me for a while and they're less requirements than preferences, like strong preferences, okay. which is something like 7,500 hotel rooms, a certain number of domestic and international flights, a convention center that holds X amount of people. And it narrowed it down. And the list basically became like 10 cities in America that could have the all-star game. And people were all disappointed by seeing that. And I was like, the only people that's disappointed by seeing that happen to that list of uh, places that you can have the all-star game in is people who don't go to the all-star game. Because all I saw, like, there was some places I was like, damn, we ain't got New Orleans. Why can't we bring that back around? Like, it was some places that I was hoping would still be there. But otherwise, I was like, yeah, Sacramento, out off the list with you. Salt Lake City, never again. Minneapolis, whoo, that sounded cold to begin with. I guess maybe local mayors or like uh, local shop owners or something could be sad about it. But I also feel like as much civic pride as many people have, you know what your city is and you know that you want to go to one of these other cities, which that's the thing that confused me. How could you be offended if you're in one of these places that is not uh, like a destination type place? And now you upset that that you're not going to expose other people to this boredom? It's people... Right, they get on the internet. It's the people that's on the opposite side of most things as me, and they will like try to make an argument that people like me don't want to say that there's been no progress when it comes to matter of race, because you know then what would you have to complain about, right? I'm sure you've heard that argument before. Yeah. That people make this about black people all the time, and so I just want to be clear that. I am willing to acknowledge the possibility that there's been a measure of progress that's been made in our society, right? And I've seen progress happen in a lot of different ways. And so I don't ever want it to be a case where people think I'm not able to recognize the ways in which we have come farther, you know, come from places that we used to be, right? I appreciate the steps, you know, white folks, they ain't as bad as they used to be, right? Like they can, they can, that's the need to put that on a t-shirt somewhere, right? Like white folks, better than they was. Maybe that's what we say, (laughs) but you just going to have a hard time telling me that we have reached this level of progress where all these people want the all-star game. You yeah, just not going to you just you just not going to tell me that it's a nation full of cities that want the traveling Afro-American circus to touch down yeah. in their city. Now look, I've been to a lot of all-star games in the last 10 12 years, right? It's actually pretty chill at this point. And maybe it's because yeah. I'm older and now I'm going to like sponsored events and stuff like that and everything's chill. Or maybe after Vegas, 
everybody yep. got together. There was a secret meeting, right? Every, like even Farrakhan had to go and everybody had to get in there and just be like, hey, it can't it can't be like this ever again. Right. Maybe that's right. what it is. But you just not you just not go make me believe that the mayor of insert city here like Boston. Yeah. You're not going to tell me that Boston want the All-Star game because I know the All-Star game don't want Boston. <laughs> Hell no. i tell you that right. My, no. Uh, that Vegas uh, was that was a pivotal moment in All-Star game <laughs> history because it like had reverberations into the NFL and reverberations all over the, the world. Hold on, hold on. It all didn't have reverberations into the NFL. The NFL was the yeah, problem. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We was part of the problem. There. We ain't know how to act, man. We ain't know how to act. You think how much sooner they would have got a team there if we knew how to act? Oh, Yo, man, we ain't know how to act, man. I we, saw had, the- we had players fighting each other. And wasn't that the same time? Didn't Joey Porter I think get into so. it? Or, uh, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. It might have been Joey Porter or it might have been um, the other linebacker, pass rushing linebacker. No, 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 no. He was the Harrison. Right, Harrison. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I'm oh, mixing oh, it up. Debo. Got it. Yes. But there was some linebackers fighting each other in uh in um the lobby of Caesars or something like that. Yeah, we was we was on one that week. We was on one. Somebody told me they saw <laughs> like you know me, man. I'm trying to hold out hope for my folk in certain situations. Man, I forget who it was that told me that they saw some they saw some cash shooting dice in front of the casino, man. <laughs> <laughs> In front of the casino. And, 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 that, and, and that's the thing. The problem with All-Star Game in Las Vegas, it wasn't the people who came on planes. Yeah. It yep. was the people who came in cars. L.A. and Oakland were the issue. They, 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 they showed up and they, they made every, they were, they were the issue. They were the issue, guys. They were, they were the thing. But, but when I saw all them list of requirements for the All-Star game, I was like, oh, Vegas, we can go back, right? And I want to know how Vegas fit. Last time I was there, I forget who it was, but they told me that uh, people talk about it in hushed tones. <laughs> they they get um Vegas gets so many events that they can be picky and choosy. However, though, like the whole economy is based on like events and tourism and stuff like that. But I guess maybe they don't feel like it's worth it for that one. Dominique, yeah. Dominique, the idea that yeah. all these different things come to Vegas and there's only one that anybody remembers. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's true. not it's a like, seminal moment. <laughs> the last thing you want to be is unforgettable. You were, if you raise your eyebrows and say, you know that all-star game, we yeah. all know which one you're talking about. We all know the Vegas one. The thing I always remember about that all-star game, and I'm telling you, somebody from the NBA like Opstay Alkingte about the Abe <laughs> Gay and Angus Bay and May. Um, but oh, what I always remember about that is before we started getting all the accounts of what was going down, I just remember watching the game. And they were real heavy in the Vegas theme, but it was the old school Vegas theme. And it was Wayne Newton. I remember seeing Wayne Newton. I don't remember if he was singing a national anthem or he was just doing like a Wayne Newton sort of thing. By the way, Wayne Newton, still in the league. You know who else is still in the league? Rich Little. And not only are these guys still in the league, they're still putting up shots. They still getting minutes. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron was impressive. Rich Rich Little still out there getting 20 minutes a night, dog. (laughs) <laughs> no way. He's still out there. They st- they still billboards for go see Rich Little. Wade Newton. I was when we was out there um for All-Star and um uh, what you call it, Dan and them was off the strip. We went over there. That's where Wade Newton's at. He out there with his people. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Wade, Wade Newton, he ain't gonna be at Dre's, you know, he ain't gonna be at Encore. <laughs> he over there where they where they know him at. <laughs> Good for Wayne Newton and Rich Little. Rich Little kind of shocked me. I knew Wayne Newton was still in the league because I saw him on uh, with Dan a couple weeks ago. But, man, yeah, I thought LeBron was killing it. No, oh, man, they, they they still in the league. They they still out there. But, yeah, no, nah, like, I, what's it going to take to get that all-star game back in Las Vegas? What, what coordination? Like, there will be protests in the streets if that would happen. The funny thing is, like, they – the NBA was like made a conscious effort in the nineties or not in the nineties in the two thousands to try to uh, air quotes, clean change. up their image. Things yeah. had to change. 
Yeah. However, that that has never changed. The All Star Game is. It's like it's one of our events. It's a thing where the where we know this is where you need to go, especially at, at a certain age. At a younger age, like 35 and below, it's like, all right, all-star game. We there. Before a long time, I really wanted to like get into this, to explore it and get to the bottom of it, like a documentary of sorts. What do the white people do? during all-star weekend because they there like it's all these white dudes that work for the league one year i've talked about this before matt bonner had a party during all-star in new orleans it was called the alt star party i went to that and it was like three people it was a wild like crazy strange night for me like i saw a lot of things on the way to and from the alt star party but yeah, Matt Barner had the all-star party. And I just like, where is Adam Silver kicking it? Who's he hanging out with? And God, I'd hate to hear the jokes they tell, right? But like, <laughs> I just like, like there's some, there's some stuff going on with the white people. Like, because you know, we got all these white dudes in the NBA press corps. No disrespect to y'all, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, there was a story about Summer League, and there's, I forget who wrote it. I think Zach Lowe may have written it, but like it was like some kind of karaoke night. And it was very clear. Without being said out loud, the theme of the story was, this is what the white people do during summer league. Because <laughs> it was not at all a mixed race sort of function or anything. Like, I think the white people are getting together just like we are, seeing each other, giving each other the nod when they yep. see each other walking down the street. And they're like, hey, man, look, we're going to have a little set over here. You know, just, you know, <laughs> you know, just, 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 you know, it's up, you know. What you know, Fubu? You know what I'm saying? Like they go, they go, come, they 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 gonna go over there, sing some journey songs, and have a night. You know what I'm saying? Last week we talked about how when we are one of few black people in the environment, we got to give it a head nod. And you just mentioned I had never considered it before. I never considered that there was ever an environment, with the exception of like the five white people that go to the HBCU. I yes. never considered that there was ever an environment where white men felt the need to like show solidarity with one another, but I get it. You're yes. in the All-Star game and you see another white dude, I feel like it's appropriate for you to, not just, I don't know, not you just, do a head nod salute, two finger salute might be a yep, little. Yep, <laughs> not just solidarity, Dominique. They also need to get together to complain about us. Yeah, like, sure. and I don't, oh, well, definitely. I don't know what exactly they complained about, but I will say, they probably got a point on a lot of the stuff. <laughs> like, like it's the it's the things that that we do that we think are perfectly normal that just seem completely out of this world to white people, right? And yeah, and the things that we don't do normally because we're like, oh, I can't do this here. It ain't enough of us. They won't they won't understand. They won't appreciate that when it's enough of us. You go ahead and be ourselves. And you guys should appreciate the opportunity to uh be involved, be connected with it. Now you you get to a point where you realize, like I, I've talked about how uh I saw somebody was talking to her uh her secretary at the time and she had to engage in a measure of uh engineering shall we say to make something work um a very primitive sort of engineering shall we say and person was like yeah you know we black people got a word for that and the white person was like yeah we use the same word yeah right like i bring all that up to say that they be noticing stuff about us that we may not necessarily know have you seen this thing so this this came to my mind when you said that you're right they do notice some things but there's this show and it's on social media right now. I haven't seen the show itself, but it's like a game show where they put up pictures and you have to recognize the faces of the people in the picture. And like mm-hmm. Rob Lowe's the host of it. It's like on Fox or something. But they made fun of it on SNL. And then I got served a uh, um, social media post that was like a video of a bunch of people performing or yeah, participating in this game. And white people don't know black people. It was just like <laughs> 10 or 12 white people with like legitimately famous black people. And they and so they like they'll show a bunch of white people that are like, I don't know, somewhat famous and and kind of like particularly when it's like white actresses or something like a lot of them. I get them confused and and they like picking them apart. They're like, oh, no, that's Kate Hudson. That's uh, Margot oh, yeah, Robbie. I'm bad, I'm bad there. Yeah. I'm bad there. And yeah, that's that's where I, I really have a tr- trouble telling them apart. That's fine. But then they put up like Morgan Freeman or something. They like, uh, I'm a, I don't even know. <laughs> it's, oh, I'm wow. telling you, I have to find that post and send it to you. But it's it's pretty hilarious. Also, I'm gonna send you this link from the Undefeated from 20, or I guess not the Undefeated, Anscape from 2019. 
hip hop tells the story of how NBA All-Star Game became the Black Super Bowl. Somebody did some research. Got it. But like, I just think I was going to say, I, I'm just saying that white people notice things about us that we may not necessarily think that they notice. And I imagine that when they get together, they, you know, in these moments, they get to talking about these things, right? Like, so one time, I ain't going to say no names, but I was in uh, at a party of sorts with a colleague and the colleague noticed um, it was an African-American gentleman with a Caucasian lady and we all have our own different tastes, but let us just say that that Caucasian gentleman that was with me, he himself would never have given the time of day to this particular Caucasian woman that was with this African-American man. And upon seeing that couple, that gentleman then looked at me and said, see, that's what I don't understand. <laughs> I did not, I did not realize that white people were also having that discussion about some of the pairings that one might see in places like, you know, Myrtle beach. Right. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that they was peeping the same game that black people are peeping under those same circumstances. But they are peeping, not only are they peeping the same game, they're peeping the exact same game. Like, they're not looking at it like you would think, where they would be like, whoa, I can't believe she's with that guy. No, they're just as, they don't see it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, I mean, well, yeah. It's a lot less fun if you explain it all to them. But yeah, I get it. They they hear too. They see the same thing. They see, I mean, they, I'm just saying, they peeping games. Yeah. So that means that they getting together at Summer League, they getting together all at All-Star, right. And I bet they have some hilarious observations about African America <laughs> that I would love to hear if they could figure out a way to do it without, like, you know, yeah. fighting words. It's not worth. It's not the worth the risk for them uh, they, to get too close to explain. Yeah, it's certainly not worth the risk. Uh, and I don't want to hear it unfiltered. Like, no, if, no, no. if y'all have a yeah, y'all have a secret meeting, then y'all do y'all secret meeting. I don't want to hear unfiltered. Y'all need to send this through somebody who's smart that can and worldly that can um clean it up in a way that I can receive it in a way that won't be angry. Yep, and that's what Neil Brennan and Bill Burr are for. Prize picks is the most fun you can have by winning up to twenty five times your money. And with the football season over, you can still win money with basketball and hockey. Just choose two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. You can pick combo projections across multiple sports from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. Prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And if you stick around for the end of the show, you'll get to hear some picks from our producer, Sean, that can either help you win or make you fail miserably. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com slash Bomani and use code Bomani for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash Bomani. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. I am so impressed with us right now. We done ate up a lot of that time, boy. We I did mean, eat, that. Eat, eat it up suggests that it wasn't good. Like I know, I mean, I but that was the thing. Yeah. We devoured yeah. it. We <laughs> That's ate. Fair point. How about that? We That's didn't just yeah, eat yeah. it up. We ate. Yeah, yeah I, I had an innings eater in my mind when you said ate up, which I was like, oh, yeah, that, that ain't really what we was doing. This is a, I mean, we nah. got a, a, a no-hitter rolling here. Nah, hey, all right, so we can talk a little bit about this draft, right? Like, this draft is interesting because the three teams at the top, we got three quarterbacks that we feel pretty sure of, right, as the guy that you take early in the draft. It's three quarterbacks and it's three teams at the top that all need quarterbacks. So there's no need for a trade. There's no need for a shuffle. Everything lands, but that's not really that interesting for the draft economy. So we try to come up with every possible scenario that anything in this world can change. The only thing that I, the question to me that makes this interesting just is, where do we think Justin Fields is going to wind up and what can you get for Justin Fields? My guess is Justin Fields winds up in Pittsburgh. Uh, I guess Pittsburgh and Atlanta are like the front runners for considering Justin Fields. The tough thing about the Justin Fields conversation is we got to be honest about it. And I think the potential for Justin Fields is still pretty high, but we have some proof of concept that it's not, that he's not going to reach that height. And yes, we can blame other 
um, extenuating circumstances for what had happened there. But we don't have a lot of examples of guys, first round guys being in their first destination and not making it to a second contract or even make it to a second contract, then going somewhere else and then being great. I'm thinking like Ryan Tannehill is the example that's come up a lot because Arthur Smith did that with Ryan Tannehill, but he wasn't great. And that's fine. You can have he wasn't great much years, better than he was be in good. Miami, to be honest. It was just a better situation. Right. The team, the team was better. Yeah. Right. And they asked less of him. So I think that's the tough thing about the Justin Fields conversation that I had a hard time articulating because we've been talking about that for the last two weeks. I had a hard time articulating it without being disrespectful to Justin. Justin Fields, because I do believe that in a different situation, he could be much better. But I think that it might be a little too late for that. And being like a solid starter is enough that can have flashes of great games. I think that is where his ceiling is now, which I don't know. Is it really too late, though? And I ask that, is it really too late? Because, I mean, Geno Smith is kind of the example, right? Like, I think that's. What we'll never know is if Geno hadn't got his face broke, right? What he would have been that year, because that's kind of the question that we need the answer to, is if he hadn't got his face broke, what would he have been at that point in time? I don't know where that goes. And Fields is only 24, right? He's there. Yeah. I feel like, like, can you get a first-round pick for him? Because I feel like if you're, if you're Pittsburgh, no. but if I'm Pittsburgh, I give up a first-round pick for him. If I'm Atlanta, I give up a first-round pick for him because I feel like both of those teams are good enough that they'll never be in a position to get a quarterback. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I don't think that you give up a, that they're, they're going to get a first round pick for Justin Fields because of how valuable first round picks are in football and the cost certainty and the potential for that spot. And because Justin Fields is not, I mean, you might be right. Maybe he turns into something better. And you're right. He's only 24. Maybe he turns into something great. I definitely think he's going to be better than he's been up until this point. However, we haven't seen it, and just because we haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but the odds are, Justin Fields, when we see this happen, this quarterback goes somewhere else and doesn't turn anything good <laughs> and, like, kind of fades away. There's a chance that he's he does the Tannehill or uh, Geno or something like that is pretty good, and Geno is a guy who has played well, but they their coach said we're not – completely committed right now that he won't commit to a quarterback of the future right now with Geno Smith. So it still hasn't right. been that good, but that's Geno at 33, 34 years old, right? right. We're talking about point. Justin Fields at 24 years old. So where it gets tricky for me is I feel very confident saying Justin Fields is better than Kenny Pickett. That to me was, you want to talk about a, a pick that looked like a bad idea. The second they made it, if you can get a quarterback at 20, wait till 35. Like, there's just no way that he, if he was, he ain't going to dangle around that long, right? Like, God bless the dead. But when Dwayne Haskins was still available for Washington, I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong about everything I've been saying about this dude. Because none of these professional people are making an effort to go get him. Like, you get, you can get Kenny Pickett at 20, it's a bad idea. Lamar Jackson, I can understand how it happened, Yeah, that's right? a different, yeah, that's an entirely different scenario. Yeah, like, you don't, you don't want to do that. With the Falcons, dude, Desmond Ritter was so bad last year. So, oh so God. bad. And like I said, if you got Justin Fields and Bijan and Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I don't even know why y'all need to throw the ball. Y'all just get out here and <laughs> run the bone. I mean, if the, that's like throwing, that's like shooting underhand free throws. <laughs> it will work like hell, but ain't nobody going to do it. They got too much self-respect and personal pride. I remember my, my Pop Water team, we ran the wing tee my first year there, and we were great. Then the next year, we just was like, no, we're not running the wing tee. Put us in that shit that they doing on TV. The, you know, the guys on Sunday, we want to do that because we have personal pride and self-respect. But wing tee, when I got to high school, we played against a team that ran the wing tee. Couldn't stop that shit. They was uh, uh, Hereford. It was like out in the nowheres of, of Baltimore County. And as you could imagine, what they look like and what their athletes were like, they didn't have a lot of athletes, but they would win. A lot of games, hey. misdirection, baby. Hey, let me tell you something. Um, when Brock Purdy got hurt against the Eagles in the playoffs, Kyle Shanahan, I learned a lot about him that was negative in that game. Because let me tell you something. I understand that he'd been canceled and for good reason. But Art yeah. Bryles, Art yeah. Bryles would have got in that wing T, and they'd have <laughs> figured that out. Like, they needed a high school coach that game. A high school coach 
would have had no second thought about what to do. That's what our Bryles was, fundamentally, a high school coach. We ain't got no quarterback. All right, boys, it's time to get in this wing tee. <laughs> Watch well, it work, I mean, too. That, yeah. it, will, it absolutely will work. Can you imagine, like, the the options off of that? The Sheesh. Yeah, and then the, the, three, the thing about the wing tee is the three times you throw the ball in the game, all. <laughs> oh, it's going to be wide the hell open. That, that wing back going to slip in across the field. That's going to be butt naked down the field. I told I you, man. You just got to – you're right. You got to swallow your pride sometimes. Yeah. I push back on the underhand free throws, though, and I push back for one reason only. We only heard of one person doing it. Like, right. everybody talks about how the underhand free throws work just because Rick Barry did it. Can't nobody name person number two. The only other person I knew who tried it was Will Chamberlain, and he wasn't even that good at those either. But I think part of the reason why nobody good at it is because nobody wants to do it. <laughs> I imagine that there are lots of guys had they, that as, because I think it seems reasonable, at least to me, it seems logical that you might have more control of shooting a shot that way. But it seems logical that you wouldn't shoot a in a game that way because, like, obviously you can't bring it down there. So it would make sense to me that if I had no personal pride and I decided to commit myself to that free throw, that would work. And it's the exact same thing about running the wishbone or the wing tee in the NFL. Yeah, that shit would work like hell, in part because nobody would be ready for it. And But don't nobody... Like, can you imagine Justin Fields? I would quit if I was Justin Fields. You can keep that money. <laughs> you said get under center and run a wing tee. I mean, the shame. <laughs> the shame. So, that was the thing about the wishbone. The wishbone never stopped working. People just ain't want to do it no more. They, they couldn't get the good enough players in it. Because they was like, bruh, we ain't trying to do that. Uh, and I mean, in players, especially in college, you are much more likely to have no quarterback? Like, think about it. Every year, we put 20 new quarterbacks in the NFL. Ain't none of them good. We get like one every three years. So you trying to tell me that all these colleges got good quarterbacks? No. You know what they got? Athletes. Yes. A bunch of athletes. And that's why the wing tee works. In the wishbone <laughs> and all that misdirection bullshit, it works. Because you got athletes and you can confuse them. Yeah. Kyle needed to be in that wing tee all game long once that went down. That just, like, you know what? That's that when, when Michael Vick went in his playbook and all of that, that's what the Falcons needed to do to humble him. We're going to get out here. We're going to run this wing tee until you get some act right about you. <laughs> that wouldn't have gone over well. I mean, uh, we've come a long way, as we mentioned earlier. And by, I actually had this moment on Get Up a few weeks ago where we were talking about free agent quarterbacks and draft eligible quarterbacks and it was like six quarterbacks that we were all talking about moving to different places and they were all black and so I stopped the show and was like I was on the desk with Graziano um, Greenberg and I think it was Jeff Saturday and I stopped and was like look here guys I'm proud of y'all we've come such a long way like not just you at this desk but white people in general that we are at a point where it's not even noteworthy. Like we didn't put together some black history month special occasion where we talk about black quarterbacks. No, the six most interesting quarterbacks at that moment were all black quarterbacks. And it was just amazing that white people had made so much progress. Yeah, man. Hey, look, the game done changed up. The defensive ends got so fast that it wasn't no time for this nonsense <laughs> no more. Like, and look, this is where Cam Newton was the game changer. Once yeah. a team leaned in on – so Sam Bradford was the number one pick before Cam Newton, and that was important because he didn't come from a pro-style offense either. It was a different kind of spread, but a spread nonetheless. But they still kind of had Sam Bradford try to do the same thing. Once Cam Newton, who was out there running a real live high school offense in, high, in college, once he went from running a high school offense to actually making it happen in the league, couldn't nobody say nothing no more. Everything they said wasn't possible. All that went out the window. Like, that's where Cam – if there's an influencer wing at a Hall of Fame, because he doesn't have a Hall of Fame career just in yeah. terms of the football. But you can't say that he ain't have he had he had more of an impact on the history of the NFL than Drew Brees did. And that's not an insult to Drew Brees. No, not at all. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. I think the quarterbacks uh that the league is looking for now are closer to Cam Newton than they are to like historically what we think of as a great quarterback. And I think the interesting thing is the first thing that comes to my mind as a parallel is like the when black players when big schools or it's not big schools when uh, historically white schools started to put black players in it was kind of like a necessity and it 
they had to break their minds of whatever hateful notions they had or they were going to lose their jobs. But I don't know that that's the perfect analogy just because it's about race. I think it's also a good analogy when you think about like shooting in basketball, where it's like we've been doing it wrong and everybody been saying you've been doing it wrong. But these old adages where it's like you can't win at a jump shooting team. Shit. The right. best way you can win is if you have shooters. And it was like this old adage, you can't win if you got a quarterback who want to run around. It's like, what? That don't even make sense. Three points is more than two. Having more weapons is better than having none. And it took a while for people to look up and say, oh, damn. Yeah. that that were, It took Cam Newton to be like, oh, because uh, Vic kind of had the, the opposite effect, I guess. And then yeah. you had RG3 come in the league and not be able to stick around. It took yeah. Cam Newton, that monster, to come in the league and say, oh, no, we can do this. Well, you know, Cam, yeah, Cam's the year before Robert. But the thing with Cam was, and it's wild looking back, because I remember doing shows going into that draft. And my thing was, and by the way, one of the greatest drafts of all time when you go back and look at it, right? Von Miller, J.J. Watt. Uh, Julio Jones. I mean, I'm just like Robert Quinn is that not going to make the Hall of Fame guy out of that draft, but it's just Jeez. a zil- Richard Sherman. It's a zillion dudes in that draft up and down the line. The only guys that didn't work out, honestly, were quarterbacks not named Cam Newton when you look in the early portion of that draft. But I remember that draft came up and I was like, look, Patrick Peterson, AJ Green, my fault. It just hits me every now and then who the <laughs> oh, other dudes gosh, are that were in this draft. But I was just like, who is this guy that's so cold? that you pass up on the chance at this. But what you got, where this dude right here, you go pass up, or we going to figure out because he ain't run an offense? Whatever. We go, we go figure out one thing or another with this big old dude, and we going to go from there, right? And that, I feel like, was the gradual, like, take it down of like, okay, this is what we going to do. And it's not even just that he a big old dude who's also very fast. It's like he's a football guy, too. Like he's he is like fall in line. This is the right way to do things as much as like people don't want to necessarily associate that with the type of like off field persona that Cam had or what you would assume for a big time college athlete who had to leave a school because of right. uh, uh yeah, like, and you connect all that stuff, and then you might think that Cam ain't that dude. You hear Cam Newton talk about Jerry Richardson. You're like, oh, no, Cam a football man from the South. He is completely fine with the structures that you create around football. He, he going to be in there all night watching tape because he love it, and he's yep. going to be in there working hard. He's going to put his body at risk. He's going to do all the things that you think about that's like the opposite of whatever stereotype you have of a high-profile quarterback who got – who got sent away from Florida. Hey, look, that boy didn't have no facial hair. That should have told you a lot. <laughs> yep. and, and, not, and not in the bad way. Like, I ain't saying he was no, off no, the no, top. No. I'm just, you know, not him, right? Like, I don't, want, I don't want the rest of y'all to get this twisted. You might be, right? But him, no, nah, that just showed that he was willing to fall in line with order, right? <laughs> with society, societal yep. convention. Yep. No, nah, my yeah, that's my dad is in the military or used to be obviously a while ago. And yeah, he, he got out the military, got us some facial hair. But we yep. was in there, fall in line. We're gonna shade this right up off. And Cam yep. Newton was comfortable with that also. Cam also existed in that space because I've always said and nobody really wanna talk about this. The reason that Cam Newton is so controversial is the same reason Odell Beckham proved to be so controversial. It wasn't yeah. really about them. It was about the way, shall we say, certain people responded to him. Because there's a ESPN did a 30 for 30 on the Auburn, Alabama robbery. And one of the devices that they used was it was a couple. It was a Alabama fan of a husband and an Auburn fan of a wife. And, you know, you know, that house divided type mm-hmm. stuff with the bump stickers and all that. But they showed something and Cam came on screen and that woman hopped up like this. And I looked at that look at her eyes and I was like, oh, that's the problem. Yes. <laughs> it's not about it. This ain't about <laughs> football. Like that for, yeah, she ain't hopping like that for any other quarterback. No, 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 is, no. That is true as hell about Cam Newton. And the man got a smile that's almost perfect. And yeah. I think that we've made a lot's been made of this because of his fight recently about how big and strong he is. Cam Newton is imposing. And whether you're attracted to men or not, you walk into a room where Cam you Newton know he's is there. You go, you psh, you gonna look, and then, and then and then he happened to like have a perfect smile and be handsome too, and shoulders broad That's as three saying. men. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, Yo. it, uh, you can get real intimidated real quick if you Yo. anybody else. You can hate on Cam immediately. 
That's what I'm saying. Like it, it, it all hit me right there. But I saw the way that woman reacted. I was like, oh, that's what's going on here. Same with Odell Beckham. You know what they be looking like when they see that? Oh, that's that's. I think Cam might be uh, more. Uh, difficult version for people to deal with because Odell got some new dude to him. Whereas yeah. the new dude version, you're like, all right, Cam is like the traditional, stereotypical, like yes. masculine superhero. Like, yes. I could imagine that there are like people who, like, eh, Odell, that ain't my thing. Mm-hmm. No, that Cap Newton, that is, that is what, like, they broke the mold. Like, yeah, this is how, this is what it's supposed to look right. like. This is what it's supposed to be like. You're, you're 100% correct, right? All of that is true. There's a delineation. But I still think that when them Giants fans is sitting on that couch <laughs> complaining about Odell, like, just look at him. And she over there like, oh, yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking. Right? That's 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 where these cats that that's yeah, when everything everything changed up. Like that, that that's that's where that's where the beef come out. I don't know. I, I think you're probably right, but I, I guess this is um I feel like those guys convinced themselves, even though it wouldn't be true because we know where he's from, but they could convince themselves, like, oh nah, that, that Odell Beckham, nah, he ain't tough <sighs> like me. He ain't, he ain't like me. I, I know that that is foolish and nonsense. Oh, no, no, you're right about that. You're right. You're right. They don't. They definitely they don't want to fight Cam. They don't have yeah. the subtle, as I've talked about many times before. I ain't met a sucker from New Orleans. Not once. Not yet. You don't even want it with Eli Manning. Trust me. Just, <laughs> just, just, leave these, just leave these dudes alone. Harry Connick Jr. will stomp the taste out of your mouth. Leave these dudes from New Orleans alone. If you hear somebody pronounce baby like that, then you Woo! need to be called. If they, if, if you, if they say wasam, <laughs> they say wasam, then it, not, nothing, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, 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 man. You ain't getting, you ain't making this far without, you've been tested in one way or another. I'm going to switch gears right fast. We get toward the end. I just happened to see All this. Right. And I imagine it'll be a big deal by the time this pod comes out. But Dwayne Wade got a podcast now. He did an episode with Chris Paul. Oh, yeah. And Chris Paul, I've been telling people about Daryl Morey, right? Like, Daryl Morey gets the people stuff wrong. So here's what we got from Chris Paul. I go over to the gym to work out, and Daryl called me. He said, I was just calling you to make sure you didn't want to go to OKC. I was like, no, I done moved 15 people to Houston. And he was like, okay, I was just making sure. He was like, I would never trade you to somewhere you didn't want to go because you chose to come to us from the Clippers. He said, I chose to go to Houston from L.A., I'm at the house chilling. I was on the phone with Jada. That's his wife. And next thing you know, the alert said I was getting traded to OKC. And then my phone started ringing and it was Daryl calling. So I ain't know. Daryl was like, hey, man, it just moved so fast. I said, it's all good. I just want you to tell me one thing. You said you wouldn't go trade me, right? And he said, yeah, I said that. But I said, that's all I needed to know. My God, that's awful, man. Like, don't pretend. That's the thing. Don't pretend. If you go, I told you when I got traded, um, Mike Shanahan, um, well, first of all, there was rumors that I was going to get traded and that he would lie to my face. And then I eventually finally got traded, but he gave me two teams. He was like, all right, you can choose between these two teams. Like, I respected that. He ain't had to do that for lowly old me. But Chris Paul, damn, there are more you get that people shit all wrong. Dog, dog. Dog, he said that's 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 all I needed to know. Because it's not like anywhere he traded him to Oklahoma City. And look, this is why Sam Presti be winning, because I'm sure Sam Presti played it straight once he got him. Like, look, we're gonna do this for a year. I'm gonna get you where you need to go. I got I got plans, you got plans. We go ahead and we get that right. I just I'm surprised Daryl ain't have no sort of welcome to the NBA sort of moment, right? Like, I think I may have told you about this. This is one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Woman told me about this, that she knew this dude in the NFL, and this is when Broke, the 30 for 30, had come out. Yeah. And she was suggesting to him that he watch it, you know, so he could learn some things. So she got him to watch it, and he watched it, and she said, did you watch it? He's like, yo, I'm really glad you told me about that. And she's like, okay, cool. So, you know, what do you, what do, you do? I got in the car. I went to my agent's office. I walked in there, I pulled out that Desert Eagle, and I told yep. him that if he ever took my took my money, that this is what was going to happen to him. Now, I have to say, <laughs> that's not the worst strategy I ever heard because it would it would work on me. 
what comes to mind is, all right, and I obviously I think athletes are very intelligent and I would not suggest that they are incapable of figuring out their own finances. But when you get to a certain point really quickly and you're focused on sports, and I am a victim of this also, where yeah. I didn't completely understand what was going on. So at that moment, my man had two options. <laughs> he was like, I can go teach myself accounting and go through all the books. That could That's one way I could go about this. Or you know what I do have? I got this blicky. I'm going to go put this on his desk. I'm going to put, put this tool on his desk, show him the hammer that I'm willing to work with, and say, look here, I don't know what none of this shit mean on this yep. computer, but I know when I look at my account, if that shit, if I lose a comma, or if there's not as many zeros in it, I'm coming to see you I don't have nothing to live for no more. I guarantee you that that man worked harder for that commission than he ever worked in his life. He spoke that universal language, right? <laughs> that's what he did. He spoke. That, and that's all I'm saying for Daryl Morey. Like, look, man, you got these cats like Chris Paul who be in the union and out here selling things the right way. Somebody might show up. I, I, look, there's rules in place. There's institutions. There's more raise. There's all this stuff such that that should never be the thing, right? Yeah. However, you're going to lie to the wrong one that one time and they coming to see you. Man, I bet you won't lie no more. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you be straight up with everybody from that point forward. Yeah, you ain't going to send everybody to know Oklahoma City. Quite honestly, you was chancing the fates with Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing. Like, that's Chris Paul has been known to go a little far. And, like, I guess he's six foot, the six foot NBA guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, he, done, he, done, he done did some things. Them dudes on the Thunder was the only cast that was like, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the bubble. <laughs> Man, run a tight ship. <laughs> but that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show, available wherever you get your fine podcast. My man, I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Voicemail line, folks, 323-596-7767. Uh, I was trying to think about where we should go for the voicemail line this week. I've been thinking, I've been thinking, I've been trying to figure it out. And the answer is the time you saw somebody run up on the wrong dude, I lie what happened with Cam Newton. 323-596-7767. Sean, you got prize picks for the people. I sure do, Bo. We got Combine coming up, and in a very rare occasion, I'm going to take less across the board here, but Jaden Daniels, 4.52 40 time. J.J. McCarthy, 4.63 40 time. Michael Penix Jr., 4.64. And Bo Nix, 4.74. I'm hoping everyone runs fast. Sean, I was about to say, those aren't even really unders. Those are oh, You're just using a different scale. <laughs> Well, you're yeah, so I'm, I'm still being optimistic, you know? It's beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. We do this three times a week. Sean, you handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Remember, follow The Right Time. Subscribe, like, rate us, review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Take it easy.